Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. The world needs to hear your message and your story, so don't deny the world of that gift within you that the universe has given you. Someone out there needs to hear your story because it will support them in feeling hope, inspired, and even transformed. Do you want to discover how I help get my clients out of their own way, show up, and confidently share their message? I would love to extend an invitation to you to join me in my free masterclass, Start Your Own Podcast from Idea to Implementation, on Wednesday, April 5th at 1 p.m. Eastern. You can find the registry link in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Hello there. Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography Podcast. Today, my guest is Mary Addison Yates. She is an international best-selling author, a speaker, a certified life coach, the founder and CEO of Journey to Empowerment, and last, but of course, certainly not least, she's a mother to two twins, boy and girl. Welcome, Mary Addison. It is such a pleasure and honor to finally have you here. We've been trying to get this done for quite some time now, so it's lovely to have you here. How are you today? I am super excited to be here and to just be present and share this time and maybe help some listeners with my story. Absolutely, you will help some listeners with your story and your journey. So thank you for taking and making the time to be here with me today. With all of that being said, let's get started. Mary Addison, that is a hell of a lot of hats you wear. I mean, the mother piece of it alone that we all know that's such a, that's the most important job and the biggest job. But add in all of these other things, all of these other hats that you wear. How do you find the time for all of this? And how do you prioritize and how important is prioritization and organization to you? So my relationship to organization is kind of a uh, love-hate. Prioritization is much better for me in the sense of I am my number one priority. And that means my mind, body, and spirit come first, always. The connection I have with my creator the way I treat my body and the way that I nurture myself allows me to be of maximum service to others. And I will not apologize for that. <laughs> love it. Beautiful. Unapologetically kicking ass. I love it. <laughs> I'm very curious. And with you wearing so many hats, Mary Addison, what does your morning routine look like? It's so funny. Once I actually develop a routine, And I am a creature of routine. So a long time ago, probably when the kids were really young, they're 11 now, I was like, I have to have some me time. So I always get up an hour before everyone else. And I always have 40 ounces of water with a lemon and my coffee. And I spend time just either meditating or journaling or just whatever I need to do to center myself and just ask for help and guidance to let me be of service. And so what drives, motivates, and inspires you to keep going and excelling at all that you do? For me, it's super important to lead by example. 
I'd rather not tell you what to do. I'd rather you just see what I'm doing. And also, it's very important to normalize the fear and self-doubt that is our human experience. So I'm all about sharing all of my shit and just being like, (laughs) that's normal. People, I can sense their relief of, oh, wait, I'm normal. And I'm like, yes, it is the human experience. We experience all the gamut of things. What were you doing for a living before jumping into entrepreneurship and becoming a coach? I was a dental assistant for 20 years. I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I didn't know who I was. I just tried to keep taking on personas of other people around me. And when I was 20, I had a friend who was a dental assistant. They were hiring. And I was like, that makes good money. And I'll try that. (laughs) And just jumped in and... 20 years later. (laughs) Yeah. And 20 years later throughout history of addiction and getting sober and becoming an excellent dental assistant, I knew it wasn't my purpose. And the thing I enjoyed most about dental assisting was coaching my patients to have a great experience while they're getting dental treatment done. I did a lot of mirroring of their personalities or a lot of just sitting and being with them because that's an intimate space. Opening your mouth for people to put tools in there is scary. <laughs> so that was my favorite thing was just being with the people. So you were a coach even before you were a coach. <laughs> yeah, I never knew. There you go. So let's, with that being said, let's delve into your coaching journey. I've heard a lot of people say that most, if not all coaches have been through their own personal struggles and journeys before making the leap into coaching. And of course, as human beings, we've all been through and dealt with our own shit and our own journeys. But what I've found though, is through the conversation that I'm having with women now, a lot of them who have become coaches, their personal struggles were the catalyst for them becoming a coach. Can you share a little bit about your own personal struggles and journey before making the leap into coaching? Yes. So basically from my earliest memory, I was not clear on the understanding that I was worthy of love. (laughs) Just Mm. couldn't figure that one out and did lots of things to try and experiment and learn. Am I invisible? And whether that was, again, like I said, taking on the personas of other people, pleasing perfectionism. I got into drugs and alcohol when I was 14. I did that for, I don't know, 10, 15 years. And I'm in this job and I don't know who I am. I know that there's a purpose for me and I cannot figure it out. And it just felt like this never ending quest And throughout recovery and figuring out how to come home to myself and really practice giving me all of the love that I never felt is my passion to teach other people how to do that because no amount of external anything is going to fill the hole in your soul. You have to come to a place. For me, it's where I connect with my spirit, the spirit within me. And I love myself in a way that I was created from. Well, self-love, I mean, everything 
absolutely everything in our lives starts within us, within self. We are the foundation for all of it. And self-love is the key to that. We have to start there because, again, I mean, we hear it so often, you cannot pour from an empty cup, all of these things. And it's true, as cliche as it sounds, you can't. So you have to prioritize yourself. You have to put yourself first and you have to learn to love yourself and pour into you first. Yeah, and that's where the the peace and joy and contentment and the ability to, again, be of service to others. Because if you are not nurturing yourself in all areas of your life, you're giving everyone the leftover empty crap. Yeah, you're right. 100%. So how have these experiences helped shape the Mary Addison you are today, both personally and professionally, do you think? Oh, I adore and would not change one piece of my past pain and experience because it absolutely is a direct result of who I am and how I can serve people. I know exactly what it feels like to feel lost and invisible. And I think as humans, we want to feel connected and seen and heard. And that is my greatest passion is to give that to others. Well, I mean, that's, I think, a big part of why we're all here is to be in and of service to others. We're here to support and lift and cheerlead each other. That's a big part of why we're here. And the other part is to share your gifts because we're all brought here with gifts. And it is your duty and your responsibility, I believe, to share those gifts. Those gifts aren't for you. They're for the world and you need to share them. You are not to deny the world of your gift or gifts. Yeah, and if you can't take the time to recognize that you own these inherent gifts, then you will always be missing that pleasure and that joy that comes with using them. And sharing them and giving them to the world. Absolutely. What was the biggest or most valuable takeaway or lesson for you through your experiences, would you say? That I don't have to hustle for my worth. (laughs) Love it. That is powerful. Mary Addison, what is it that sets you and the work you do apart from other coaches? Why would they choose to work with you over someone else? What do you bring to the table in your coaching career? So for me, I know that I listened to one of your episodes the other day and it was like, yes, 98% of people think that they're excellent listeners. I am actually an excellent (laughs) listener. I hear things that are not being said because I can be fully present and immersed in the moment. I create a safe space and I have this very loving, compassionate side, but I can also be very direct and I use humor and wit to either not diminish someone's experience, but I will bring in some stupid shit that I did (laughs) in order to normalize someone's experience and feelings and then be like, now where are we going to go from there? That's empowering people to feel seen and heard and valued and that they have the ability to move forward in whatever direction they want to go. Well, you sharing your shit that you've been through or your experiences or something silly that you've done or whatever, that creates that relatability for your clients Mm -hmm. too, to know that, hey, wait a minute, Mary Addison did something stupid or whatever, or something crazy or something that fucked things up for her. And I did something similar. So it's okay to share that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell anyone I've been to jail three times. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I just all kinds of things. I'm sure when the twins were first born, I was such a control freak that I had spreadsheets for... (laughs) 
<laughs> then they pooped and peed and ate. Like I made the grandparents fill them out. It was a nightmare. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but these experiences, these things, these struggles, they're all part of your journey and help shape yeah. who you are today. How has your coaching style evolved from when you first started to where you are now? So when I was trained by the ICF accredited coaching school, I think the biggest thing for me was learning how to trust that I knew how to use my gifts to help others and to just be present and like that space, that pause to give people the opportunity to come up with their own revelations. A lot of people don't like silence or that uncomfortable silence, yeah. but it is a powerful place. It to is. Be. The power is in the pause. Yeah. What are three of the most important lessons you've learned as a coach? The pause. Stop giving away all of my coaching for free. <laughs> That's an important one. <laughs> because it comes so naturally to me, I'm like, I've got to figure out a way to just create a membership and have all my friends join for $9 a month. Because, <laughs> <laughs> And then learning how to utilize self-coaching, but also having a coach because there's something magical happens when you connect with another human. Both are equally valuable to me. I would love to hear your thoughts on the coaching industry currently. I mean, through conversations that I've had with multiple women who work in the industry, some of them have expressed the fact that they don't even like using the word coach. They would rather prefer to use the word guide or mentor because of the bad reputation that the coaching industry gets in social media. I can help you become a six-figure coach in, in four months or two months or whatever it is, all of these things. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, you being a coach. Well, admittedly, I pretty much live under a rock when it comes <laughs> to the media's agenda, other people's stuff. I don't know if it's because I'm so self-centered and introspective, but had I known all of the negative connotations around coaching, I may not have done it, but ignorance is bliss sometimes. So I don't mind calling myself a coach because I know what that means to me. And I also know that the people who interact with me, they really don't give a shit what my title is. They will either see how I can add value to their life or they won't. And I don't have control over that. I think it's important too, the fact that you mentioned it's about being comfortable in your title and you wearing that badge of coach and your abilities and all of that. If we can be comfortable in who we authentically are as people, as our profession, then all the other shit doesn't matter. Yeah. It's very important to point that out. I love that. Let's speak a little bit now about your journey into becoming a writer and the book you participated in. Can you tell us the name of the book, what it's all about, when it was released, and what started you on the path of becoming a writer? <laughs> so the book's title is Magnetic Abundance. It came out in April of 2023, and it's a compilation of beautiful stories of people who have kind of tuned into their heart's mission and do magic with their gifts. 
the way I came across it is just the way I came across coaching, becoming a coach. It's divine intervention. Something kind of comes on my radar. And because I I have G and I'm impulsive and when I get excited, it's yeah, let's do this. I want to write in a book. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so you just jump in and embrace it. Yeah. And then it's, oh shit, I've got to write something. <laughs> Oh no, I've committed to writing. Shit, I better <laughs> yeah, get to writing. Yeah. And there's so much in all of that that is just, it, it's beautiful because also with ADHD, we're not motivated by what's important. It's either what's interesting or what's urgent. So <laughs> it's, oh, the deadline's coming up. Let me get this done. Because when I had time, it was just, again, like I had other things on my radar. And when I took the time to really sit down and say, what do I need people to understand? And it is the name of my chapter is worthy. I shared my journey of not understanding what it was like growing up and not knowing that I was lovable. And basically, long story short, is like everyone is worthy of love because they exist. Absolutely. That's a journey, though, to get to that point. Yeah, for sure. It takes a lot of work, and you have to be willing to put in the work. Yep. But once you do and you get to the other side, life is beautiful. Yeah. As mentioned, you are the founder and CEO of Journey to Empowerment. Can you share with us what Journey to Empowerment is all about? It's really empowering people to take care of their mind, body, and spirit. It is a lifelong journey. And coming into wherever you begin of like thinking that all the people in your life are annoying the shit out of you or your circumstances have just have been shitty and you have no control over it. And then turning that in and, and being willing to take responsibility for your experience, the name in general, just like life is a journey and empowering other people to come home to themselves is so important to me because it also has a ripple effect of making the world a better place. Empowered people empower people. Yes, that's it right there. You just said it. That's beautiful. When did you found the company? December 2021 was when my official LLC was established. <laughs> With you being a life coach and, of course, an advocate for women's empowerment, what are your thoughts on the landscape of entrepreneurship and women-run businesses in terms of how it's evolved and how it's continuing to shift and evolve today through working with your clients and what you see? Yeah. Again, I am slightly under a rock as far as, <laughs> as paying attention to everyone else, but I do know the clients I work with and my experience is really reinforces why my work is so important. Because if you have a woman who is a business owner, entrepreneur, or whatever she's doing, if she's in a job in general, we're responsible for a lot of shit. And it's so important to take care of yourself because you cannot, once you're in burnout, it's like, well, you better just focus on physical recovery at this point. Absolutely. So yeah. it's just so important. I mean, I just, I don't subscribe to hustle culture. Bullshit. Hustle culture is such bullshit. Yeah. I, I just, it's not sustainable. No, it's not. Definitely not. 
Are you seeing a shift in terms of more women making the jump into entrepreneurship? And if so, why do you think that is? I would hope it would be because they want to make a difference in the world. And the more that they see women doing that, the more they go, huh, I might want something for myself too. I might want something that not only benefits me, but benefits people in the way that my skills and talents can be used. What advice do you have for women looking to grow either their own business or within the company that they work for? Let's say they have just a regular corporate job. It's always an inside job. You have to do the work in order to be effective at anything. Now, being a strong voice for women and women's empowerment, what do you do to empower yourself? So again, I am unapologetic about my (laughs) self-care. My children know that they do not knock on my door when I take my nap. They can call 911 if there's an emergency because they have (laughs) cell phones. I have, when I first started putting self-care into practice, I had a list of nine things that were under 30 minutes and I picked two a day. I'm a very practical and strategic person as well as intuitive. So it's like, how can I figure out a way? Because also I can't do the same shit every day because that gets boring. So it's, I have to be able to have options to take care of and nurture myself. And then I have my non-negotiables. I will take my nap because nobody wants to be around me, including me, if I do not get my nap. And again, like it's a 20 minute meditation and a 20 minute nap. And then I can be present and available for the rest of the evening. Naps are a beautiful thing. I love them. Oh my God. (laughs) They're so crucial. They are. I like longer than 20 minute naps. 20 minute nap, that's too short. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it is individual to each person and I'll do one to two a day. So there you go. Now, as a mother of two children, one boy, one girl, I'm curious to know what you do to empower your children and also how you empower your son versus how you empower your daughter. I love, love, love this question. So my poor children, they have been taught to since they were two and a half years old about their feelings, naming them, feeling them, how to express them, how to do breathing. Because as I was learning how to do that myself, I just did it in front of them. And it's so funny because the other day we were at dinner, I was exhausted. And I asked the kid, what do you want to do after dinner? And my son was like, we can go on a bike ride. And everything in my body was like, oh, fuck no. I cannot <laughs> handle that. That is too much. I am exhausted. And then the next thought I heard was, well, if you were a good mom, you'd want to go on a bike ride. And so then I start crying and they're like, oh my God, you don't have to go on the bike ride. And I was like, no, let me tell you what's happening. The mean girl in my head said this, and I know that's not true, but it hurt my feelings. So I'm feeling my feelings. I know it's not real. And I know that she's trying her best, but she's very misguided in her advice giving. And Everett just patted me on the shoulder and he was like, it's okay, mom, feel your feelings, get it out. (laughs) And my son and my daughter, it's fascinating to watch their DNA for my daughter to be the classic nurture. I want to help you do everything. And my son, I, I watch him also want to be served and she's happy to do that. I'm like, do not enable him. No, My poor son. I'm like, you are a white male, will be, 
a white man one day. You're yeah. at the top of the food chain. You better bring women, black, brown, people, marginalized communities with you wherever you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love, though, that you started integrating these things like breathing exercise and especially for boys the whole embracing their feelings Mm -hmm. is such an important piece because for so long and so many boys they've been conditioned to not show or feel their feelings that oh just tamp that down don't worry but stop acting like a little girl stop crying all of these different things which then stunts them as they grow up to not be able to show their feelings, which then, of course, hurts future relationships because they don't show their feelings and all of these other things. So I think that's incredible and a beautiful example you're setting for your boy and your girl about the whole feelings piece and the breathing exercises and all of these. I think it's absolutely beautiful and so important. You're doing an amazing job, Mary Addison. I think that's great. Thank you. And he is extremely uncomfortable feeling his feelings. And and I so relate to that because I have big feelings. They feel big in my body and it's uncomfortable. And that's why I ended up in a 10, 15 year place of numbness and addiction because it gave me a blank spot to exist where I didn't have to feel. So yeah, I'm definitely like... But you're leading by example, which is brilliant. It's beautiful. Speaking of empowerment, what does that word mean to you? Empowerment is just embodying who you were created to be and showing up in the world and loving all of you, all parts of you. It is admitting when you screw up. It is sharing your shit and your wins. It's celebrating yourself and others. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before you learned it? And what was your life like after learning it? Mm, Again, that I'm worthy of love. I just didn't know that. And before I knew that, I was constantly searching for the answer outside of me. And when I finally learned how to come home and honor the spirit within me and the human I was created to be everything changed. It certainly didn't change overnight, but my ability to show up, it's still scary as shit sometimes. I know to my core, like. What was the catalyst for that moment for you realizing that, wait a minute, I am worthy of love. Was there Mm. like a catalyst specific moment for you? I will say the very first time I remember that I felt my higher powers of the divine's love for me in a way that I could understand. And my kids were probably, it was before they were walking. So maybe 16, 17 months, we were out on the porch and I was just watching them play and a little blonde curl brushed against her cheek. And I caught that moment. And in that moment, my entire body understood that I was loved unconditionally, exactly the way that I love my kids, that nothing I could possibly do would take that love away. And even though I make mistakes and I do, I had done things that I wasn't proud of, nothing would ever change the love that I was created from. Beautiful. What a beautiful vision you just painted. That's amazing. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? I am extremely compassionate. I am transparent and I 
normalize the human experience. It's just, again, as we said on here at the beginning, it's, yeah, sometimes I feel like a shit show and sometimes I feel like a divine being. And yes, it's not but or it's and. We're all doing the best we can. And embracing all of it, the messy bits, the amazing bits, yeah. all of it, and just yeah. stepping into that. Yeah. How do you define success? What does that word mean to you? It's funny because I am a very literal and words person. So I feel like you have to define success in order to achieve it. So for me, say when I was a new mom, success was my kids didn't die today. I kept them alive. Success, I think, is defining the parameters of the outcome that you want to achieve and whether or not you achieve that. Okay, we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be one, two, three word answer type thing, okay? Okay. How would you describe yourself in one word? Oh, can I do two? Sure. Sweet and sassy. (laughs) If you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? The fact that when people are in my presence, they are seen, heard, and valued. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? They're worthy because they exist. What is one thing you love about yourself that is not related to your physical appearance? My quick wit. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. What aspect of your personality do you think has been the most helpful in your career? In my career? That I present as an extrovert. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That is absolutely false. <laughs> I am an introvert and I am proud. <laughs> yes. No, I do. I ha- I love people. And after about an hour with them, I have to go recharge by myself yeah. for one to three hours. What challenge in your life has shaped you the most? Not knowing I was worthy of love. That's a big know? one. And, and everything that came along with that. All the self-doubt, all the addiction, all of the hustling, all of the perfectionism, all the people-pleasing. That's a lot. That's a lot of work. Yeah. What is one lesson that your career has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? When you're new at something, no one knows what the fuck they're doing when they're new at it. (laughs) Just keep trying. Never give up. For me, I was always scared to make the wrong choice or decision. When I learned that you could just make a different decision, if there's one that leads you in the wrong direction, (laughs) wow, what a concept. And I think it's important to mention ask for help. Oh, yes. Yes. As someone who used to pride herself on independence, interdependence is way more valuable. Mary Addison, what is your why? If I can use my pain and experience to provide strength and hope to other people, then I've done my job on this planet. Beautiful. Why? If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? I think it would be my maternal grandmother. We had this connection where we could just be depressed and ourselves and and not have to perform for each other, which was not our normal go-to state of being when she was alive. It was very much appearances and, and putting on a show. And when we didn't feel like it, we would just sit in each other's presence and just be. And I miss that. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? You'll find the answer. Just keep looking. 
Simple yet powerful. I love it. Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, your tribe, your corner of the world, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? The simple fact that you are worthy of love because you exist. You were created on purpose for your purpose. And that is evidence that you are valued. Beautifully said. What a beautiful way to end the interview. Mary Addison, thank you so much for taking and making the time to be here with me today. I appreciate you. You are such a bright, beautiful light and a beautiful soul in this world. Thank you for taking the time to be here, for sharing your journey and the beautiful light you put out into the world through the work you do. I appreciate you and I'm honored to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. Thank you. Thank you so much for all you do to share stories, experience, strength, and hope into the world. It's so important, and I'm so grateful that you continue to do this work. Thank you very much. I received that, Mary Addison. I appreciate you. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Mary Addison Yates. She is an international bestselling author, a speaker, certified life coach, the founder and CEO of Journey to Empowerment. Last, but certainly not least, a mother. Thank you so much, Mary Addison. I appreciate you. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. You as well. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca. Follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.